Hello and a warm welcome. I'm Armin Trost, professor at the Furtwangen University in Germany. And this is my series on human resources strategies, a real master course for advanced HR students, professionals and executives. This series is available on YouTube and on all podcatchers like iTunes or Spotify. All slides that support this series are available on my website. For more information, please read the description to this YouTube or podcast. I'd also like to refer to my book, Human Resources Strategies, available at most online bookstores. So, again, thanks for listening have fun and gain valuable insights into the fascinating world of HR strategies. So, welcome back. We start a completely new chapter. This time it's about performance appraisal. A couple of episodes on this particular topic. Well, performance appraisal, as you all know, is very, very common across the globe in all industries. And it's uh, really uh, maybe the, the HR instrument, the HR tool that you find the most. And um, the thing is that performance appraisal, while being very commonly used, is at the same time one of the most criticized, I would say. And... I mean, all HR professionals know that probability is high that supervisors do not like it so much. <laughs> uh, never did. I wouldn't say for, that applies for everybody, but for for a large proportion of of, of supervisors, we, we know this from from several studies. But I mean, that does not really matter because there might be things which uh, people don't like but still are necessary or helpful and beneficial. Yeah, but in these days the discussion becomes a little gets a little bit different direction in terms of digitization when we think about different styles of leadership when we think about different style of collaboration communication when we think about a different structural and organizational context the question is whether performance appraisal as we know it is still the right approach and uh, that puzzled me a lot really that puzzled me since many many years i mean when i was a student Many years ago, I also learned what performance appraisal is. And then I, I joined SAP and I worked in HR there and I had to implement something like this. Um, and and I, 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 was, I was not only uh, a victim as, a, as, a, as an employee, I was also a manager who had to use this. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at performance appraisal from various different angles, even as a scientist, as a consultant. And, you know, It puzzled me so much why this tool, while it sounds so reasonable, is at the same time so so much criticized. So when I deal with something, my plan is always to write a book about it because writing a book forces me to to think and to to go deep. Uh, writing a book is a very, very good way of learning. So in 2017, I published the book The End of Performance Appraisal. And that sounds very bold, you know, the end of performance appraisal. And uh, that was the idea of the publisher to name the book that way. And as a consequence of this book, I was asked by, by many journalists, journalists uh, 
what do you have against performance appraisal? Uh, and my, my standard response always was, oh, per default, uh, nothing. <laughs> But do, don't you think that performance appraisal is reasonable? Well, I, I always say, I don't know. Uh, it depends. <laughs> it depends on what you want to achieve. And it depends on, on the cultural and structural context. Um, if you ask me whether performance appraisal in its classic way in its classic form, does fit into an agile context, my answer is clear. No, it does not. It, it, does, it, does, it does harm. So, But I don't want to go too far now. Uh, I will talk about all those things in, in this episode, in the next episode. The message, of course, is whether or not classic performance appraisal does work or not uh, really depends on what you want to achieve and it depends on on the context. So, in the beginning, what I would like to do is I would like to put it straight. I, I, I want that we all have the same understanding about performance appraisal, uh, really performance appraisal as it is described in the textbook. You know, when, when you ask 10 different HR professionals, please define performance appraisal, probably you get 10 different answers. So, I would like to put it straight, knowing that maybe in your particular company, performance appraisal is slightly different Okay, so when we look at performance appraisal, what is that? It's, it's an annual dialogue that mainly deals with individual future and past performance, right? So it's an annual thing, annual, not a weekly thing. It's, a, it's an annual process, and there is a kind of a dialogue. And in this dialogue, in this meeting, you mainly think about the future, the upcoming 12 month, what to achieve, objective setting, maybe and you look into the past how was the poor performance in the last 12 month okay this is what you do among other things as we will see okay and that's something that happens between an individual employee not, not a team an individual employee and his or her immediate supervisor yeah, the next level manager it's important to know it's it's a it's a vertical thing It's not a team exercise. It's an it's a exercise that happens between two people, the individual employee and the individual supervisor. And, and this dialogue follows certain formal rules. Okay? Now we can ask ourselves, what is the outcome of that meeting? What is the result? What are the results? And, and some might romantically uh, propose saying, well... The result of performance appraisal is something like feeling of trust, yeah? a higher level of satisfaction and appreciation, the feeling of being valued. Uh, yes, could be, but that's not the purpose. <laughs> no. I don't say that performance appraisal cannot lead to those nice things, but... But uh, performance appraisal means that as a result, you have two things mainly. And let's be clear here, yeah? You have, on one side, you might have judgments, okay? Might not be formal judgment, but could also be formal judgment, as we will see, but kind of judgments upon competencies, upon performance, upon potential judgments, right? But also you might have uh, decisions as a result. So, for instance... Okay, what will be your objectives, John, in the next 12 months? 
We decide upon this. Maybe we negotiate this. But at the end, we have a decision or, or we have something like a development plan. So there must be a decision. Okay, John, you will, you will uh, improve your project management skills. And, and here is the seminar. <laughs> so we decide that this is what you're supposed to do. Judgments and decisions. And very often, the supervisor is in the leading role. That's interesting because, I mean, let's have a closer look at this. Uh, when companies implement something like performance appraisal, guess who will be trained? The employees? Oh, maybe. But the supervisors will definitely be trained if, if, if done well. Yeah? And if the performance appraisal does not happen, I mean, some companies track this. They, they look, okay, how many supervisors have really done this dialogue? And then they see, hmm, only 70% or so. Okay, what about the other 30, 30%? They have a problem then. And HR might knock at their door and say, hey, Mrs. Manager, hey, Mr. Manager, why didn't you do the performance appraisal? So not the employee has a problem. The supervisor has a problem because the supervisor is in charge in doing that. And, and it rarely happens that an employee in the beginning of a year sends a mail to his or her supervisor saying, hey, Susan, the supervisor, hey, Susan, you see, it's January. I want, to I want to invite you to the next performance appraisal meeting. Please send me some options for, for, for when we can meet. No. The supervisor typically invites. So, you see, these are, that indicates that the supervisor is in the leading role. It's, it's worth to mention It's worth it because it could be also different, as we will see. And very often, companies have common formats, common rules, common standards that are defined across units and all levels. So when HR, and it's mainly HR who implements something like this uh, very often, uh, they want that this thing is done in the same way across the company. Also because of the system they might use, the, the IT system, because, I mean, today performance appraisal is pretty much run on, on IT systems, like SuccessFactor, Cornerstone, uh, Workday, and, and you name it. And, of course, you don't want that every supervisor is using a different form or different content. It's a synchronized, formalized, standardized uh, 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 process uh, with, as I said, common formats, rules, and standards. This is how companies want it. And last thing here, performance appraisal should be seen as a system. It's a system, right? A management system, a management procedure. And that, and that system has interfaces towards different other related Uh, HR processes, as we will see, like like variable pay, training, uh, uh, talent development, and so on. Okay, so this is my understanding about classic or traditional performance appraisal. Uh, so every time when I say traditional or classic performance appraisal, I mean exactly this. And as I said, you, you, it could be that in your organization that's something different. Maybe you do this uh, every 12, uh, six months or you, you might do it uh, in, in a more open way. Okay, but here I talk about the textbook. So in the last few years, I, I was working with many companies on performance appraisal. Really. And, and, and also I, I run seminars for HR executives since years. And 
uh, a typical question I like to ask whenever it comes to performance of bracelets is, why are you doing this? Hey, why are you doing this? And then I, I take a flip chart, you know, and a piece of paper, and I write down all the things why companies are doing this. I ask the executives, hey, why are you doing this? Please tell me. And then I write down all the points. And, and the th funny thing is that I, I always uh, get the same answers. Uh, and here are the answers. The first thing that I hear is, yeah, sometimes, uh, somehow we have to reward our high performers. I mean, this is about variable pay because we have variable pay, pay for performance. We somehow have to uh, have a regular look on the performance of employees. Yeah, okay. The higher your performance, the higher your pay. So we want to high, we want to reward high performance and so we reward high performers. Okay. We also want to treat low performers. We, we want to know who are the low performers in the organization because we somehow have to do something, right? Uh, some companies say, what we want to do is uh, we regularly want to identify future potential for development. Meaning, uh, we, whoever we is, we want to understand how an employee might be capable to develop in the future. What else could you do in the future? Where could you get better? Uh, where is room for, for growth? Yeah, things like this. Sometimes companies regularly want to understand the competencies of people. Okay, how good are you in what? And, and well, I've seen a performance appraisal where the supervisor and the employee, they have to fill an extensive form um, filled with various competencies, team ability, problem solving, communication, uh, all these nice things, you know. And, and then a supervisor together with the employee maybe has to make a judgment upon, okay, how, how, what, what is the level regarding the different competencies? So you track something like suitability and competence, maybe also to understand what else could this employee do or to understand whether this employee really fits to the job profile that was predefined related to his or her job. Okay. So sometimes you talk about, uh, okay, John, where do you see yourself in three years? You talk about career perspectives. Um, the idea behind this is to understand not to be surprised about the career ambitions of an employee. And also to think an employee wants to think about where he or she stands and uh, where he or she might go to in the future. So there must be some point in a year where you think exactly about this, right? Um, also, what I hear very often is that performance appraisal is necessary so that employees can give and take feedback. Okay. Take feedback from a supervisor one time in a year in a very structured way. Uh, learn how the supervisor is seeing him or her. But also that the employee can give feedback to the supervisor. Okay? So, in both directions. Feedback in both directions. Um, sometimes, companies want to do, perform do performance appraisal because they want to have a structured process to understand and identify learning needs of the employees. Where is John supposed to get better? Okay? So, and then when you have done this, you might plan learning activities, saying, okay, John, look, if this is where you are supposed to get better, 
how can we do this? Ah, a seminar. Okay, or do a certain project or move into another position. Okay, hmm, so let's think. Okay, let's have a development plan. So we plan it better now. So, okay. Sometimes, uh, or very often, I must say, performance appraisal is done simply to, 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 to manage by expectations or to manage by objectives. So it's about management. That's reasonable, huh? To, to think of, okay, what do we want to achieve? What is your contribution, John, in the next 12 months? Uh, how will you add value? How will you contribute to the overall departmental goal? Okay. Uh, at some point of time, you sit together, think, okay, what do we want to achieve? What should you achieve? But it's not just about management. Yeah? It's also about motivation because some companies want to motivate through objectives. As we will see, objectives can motivate. Okay? Some companies do performance appraisal to understand what we name flight risk. This is the tendency or the intention of an employee to voluntarily leave the organization. I mean, this is bold, and, and just some companies are doing this, talking to John. Hey, John, do you intend to leave the company in the next 12 months? You better tell me now. Man, it's okay. Just just tell us. I mean, then we can be prepared. Uh, some co some companies, you would never ask this question, but at least it could be an option. Yeah? And what I also hear very often is it's about strengthening the relationship between the supervisor and the employee, just sitting together and thinking about, okay, John, look, how do you think about our relation between you and me as a supervisor. Is there anything that we could do better in the future? Should we meet more often or less often? <laughs> Should I be less rude <laughs> or more kind? <laughs> uh, should we? Uh, how can we manage our relation? And how can we strengthen this one, our interaction and collaboration? Sometimes it's also about, remember this, uh, we were talking about different leadership roles, the boss, coach, partner, and enabler. Uh, and, and maybe uh, performance appraisal is there to again clarify the role. Look, John, I'm not the boss here. I'm the coach. So don't be surprised. I told you, when you ask me a question, you get a question back. <laughs> so, I mean, this is something that could happen in a performance appraisal meeting. Okay. So, that's it. And when you do all these things, the result is always either judgment or decision. Right? You see it again. Okay? So, so this is... And, you know, when we look at all these different intended benefits or these different reasons why companies do performance appraisal, then we see that this looks good. Absolutely. I mean, no doubt about it. I, really, I don't mean it cynically or so. Really, I mean, these are all good things. To talk about where to go, where are you currently, giving feedback, understanding where you get better. All these things are necessary, maybe, probably. <laughs> Sounds good, okay? So, uh, now the thing is, and, and this, will, this, will, this will puzzle us. In this episode, in the next episode, okay, if, if, the, if you really want to achieve all those things or, or some of these things, how can you do this? In this performance appraisal, in its classic form, the right way, you, you should do it. And the answer very often is no. But the answer sometimes is yes. <laughs> okay, we will see. Okay. As I said, 
there are interfaces, and that makes performance appraisal so crucial for many companies. They could not just plot off or 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 abolish performance appraisal because a lot of things depend on it. Uh, we already see this when we look at these uh, uh, reasons we were just talking. Uh, so, so for many organizations, performance appraisal is is really a cornerstone for learning. How can you learn or arrange training activities without having talked about where where you're supposed to get better, uh, or or performance management? I mean, when it's about tracking performance, uh, tracking the progress of teams and people, I mean, at some point of time, you have to think about, uh, okay, what, what are the objectives? Uh, um, also, uh, the linkage to retention, maybe. Okay, you want to leave in 12 months? Mm, okay, so let's better be prepared. Sometimes you lay off people. So then there's a linkage towards uh, outplacement, layoffs. Uh, or a linkage to variable pay or contingent reward. I mean, if you do this, pay for performance, you you have to do a performance appraisal first. That's the idea. Or we're also going to talk about talent development, where you identify most talented people, yeah, the genius in your organization. But if you really want to support the genius in your organization, the most talented, the most ambitious people, you better understand who they are. <laughs> you need a procedure and you need some step where you think about exactly this. And, and this is supposed to be the performance appraisal. So we see, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Performance appraisal, like no other HR tool, is for many organizations a core module, a core procedure. So... Really, when I listen to myself so far up to this point, uh, I really tend to fall in love with performance appraisal. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I mean, isn't that so reasonable, really? And, you know, this is, this is one way you can think of it. And I do not only talk to, to HR executives. I also talk to regular line managers, master students which don't have an HR background and and I ask these students or the professionals uh, what do you think about performance appraisal I'm really please I mean just you know like I did in the very episode how do you think about human resource management this question is towards how do you think about performance appraisal what is your first thought and what I share with you now is not an empirical study This is just what I hear, really. And some say, well, you can't manage an organization well without it. <laughs> I really, I, how can you manage an organization without something like performance appraisal? I mean, anything else would mean chaos or lack of orientation. Hey, you have to do them something like this. It's one of the most important procedures in management, some say. And, and even when it's painful, people treasure it on hindsight. This is something that I very often hear from, from employees and supervisors saying, well, when we, when we planned this performance appraisal meeting, uh, we had some pain. Uh, have to be really to do, do we need, really do, need to do this? Uh, is that necessary? Okay, then we do it. Spend one hour, two hour, and on hindsight we say, well, it was not too bad. It was good. At least we were talking again. <laughs> and it took some time to, to, to talk about some fundamental stuff. Uh, we, we don't find the time uh, 
uh, in the stress and the daily stress when uh, we are all constantly busy yeah and some would say if if you don't have something formal like this then managers don't communicate with their people so you have to you have to arrange this kind of occasion this kind of room right so that managers eventually talk with their people what they often don't <laughs> yeah okay this is one way of looking at it but you know i also i also hear different sentences i sometimes hear the sentence it's a complete waste of too much time for everybody i mean look at it i'm a supervisor i have 20 people in my team i do performance break two hour with every individual i mean That's that's massive. And then I have to prepare it and I have to do the follow-up. And, you know, in the first month of a year, I do nothing else than just performance appraisal. And that does not add value to the customer. So, ah, uh, that's... Uh, no, oh, no. Uh, and some would say, it simply does not fit to the way we lead and cooperate. They would say, look, I'm not a boss. I'm a coach. And or I, I work all as a partner maybe. I, I I work with my people on the same eye level. I, I look to them as peers. But then at one time of year I have to give them a grade. You don't give a grade to somebody whom you respect as your partner. I mean I mean this would you would you grade your wife? Would you grade your husband? No, you would not. It's not it does not fit to the relation as I see it. Yeah. And you learn that performance appraisal very often is about motivating people. But really, very often it does not. <laughs> and, and, and many people say, I, every time after having done this performance appraisal meeting, I'm so demotivated because I again realize that I'm just a B player. I'm just mediocre. So <laughs> it's a ridiculous idea invented by HR people who have no clue about business. This is something that I very often... This is an HR thing. And if you abolish it completely, then nobody will miss it. In fact, I met some companies who completely abolished performance appraisal. <laughs> nobody realized it. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So, hey, there are two different views on this. Yeah, and, and it's 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 crazy, yeah. Uh, well, what is wrong? What is right? We really have to we really have to 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 clarify this, and we will we, we will in this episode and in the upcoming episode. So, as I said, sometimes I ask my students, my master students in particular, from a scale on a scale from zero, meaning ridiculous, useless, toxic, to 10, essential, critical, important. How would you rank performance appraisal? And when I do so, I do this really in the classroom. I get a really a flat distribution. I get a distribution with the highest possible standard deviation, really. Uh, you get a lot of responses saying, that's completely ridiculous. You get some uh, uh, responses saying, ah, it's okay. And some say, it's absolutely essential. It's really spread. And, I mean, I have a little bit of clue about HR, I suppose. <laughs> so, uh, when I look at other concepts like 
is it referral program or uh, employee employer branding? I mean, things we were already talking about in this series. You don't get a distribution like this. Here, very often, you get a positive uh, response. Okay, a slight distribution. Okay, of course, of course, uh, a little bit of standard deviation, but 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 not like it is with performance appraisal. Okay, so this is the situation, and. Uh, What we need to do is now we have to find a way how to deal with performance appraisal in an agile setting or in a hierarchical or rather static setting. And um, here is the typical case that I find over and over and over again. And I read it to you, okay? Since many years, we run a traditional form of performance appraisal. It did never run so well, but we hoped it might get better. But it does not. The opposite is true. More and more supervisors and employees share doubts about the current approach. Now even the CEO requested a complete or radical change. She, the CEO, asked me, the CHRO, to develop something new, something different. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Now you have your homework. How can you relaunch your performance appraisal? This is a question that is puzzling more and more organization. Okay? So I would like to do a little cut here. And in the next episode, I will tell you how you might do this. Okay? So let's have a little break. And then we see us in the next episode. Thanks for listening.